Hey guys, thank you for joining us for Wednesday at the Cross. We have two more weeks left of Wednesday at the Cross. We'll have tonight, and then we'll have next week, and then we'll take a break uh, for the summer. Uh, tonight, uh, we wanted to show you an incredible message that Tim had recorded last week. Um, some message of reconciliation. And we just feel that during the times that we've gone through, um, during what we are walking through in our nation right now, as well as with where some people are kind of struggling through where they are in all of this, they're seeking some truth. Uh, I know that this is a message of reconciliation that is based on truth and based on wisdom. And so, uh, man, we know that it would be a valuable thing for us to be able to, to go back and to be able to look and to see what Tim teaches on reconciliation. Uh, Tim actually put this video out about a week and a half ago, and once it hit, man, there were so many people that, uh, man, just went out and shared it and wanted to see it. Um, and we've had multiple people tell us they've watched it four and five and six times um, just because it was so deep, so much information, so much truth taught, and such an incredible, incredible restoration and reconciliation me message. So we decided, man, it would be very valuable for us. I I've listened to it three times, and tonight will be my fourth. And so I'm really looking forward to continuing to take more notes on it and to be able to hear as Tim teaches through reconciliation tonight. Thank you for joining us, and I know that you are going to get some incredible truth from this word. Hello, Cross family. I wanted to speak to you in light of what we've seen happening again in our nation over the last week plus. I know my heart was crushed with the injustice that we witnessed in Minneapolis. And then as we moved on into the week, uh, my heart was broken over what I saw happening in a city that I love in Atlanta. Uh, protest that started out somewhat peaceful turned violent. And I know it had to crush your heart as well. So on behalf of our staff and our church and as your pastor, I wanted to share just some thoughts with you in light of what's going on yet again. Here's what I believe. We are all from the same gene pool, all of us. We're totally connected racially. We all came from the same seed of Adam and Eve. God's purpose for us is that we live in unity with one another. This implies both in the body of Christ and in the culture in which we find ourselves living, which means we're to live with unity and, and love for one another in the church as well as in our community. Now, over the years, I have been blessed with many great influences in my life. Some were white, some were black. I have been influenced and impacted by some really neat people. And these people were people of character, not people of color. After schools integrated in the 60s, I'll never forget, I was so blessed to have Miss Abernathy as my third grade teacher. 
She was an incredible woman who loved her students and what an impact she had on my life. I was blessed to have Edgar Walton as my high school basketball coach. He took me home from practice many days and his wisdom and influence was such a gift. I have been blessed for the last 20 plus years to have Crawford Loritz as a spiritual mentor in my life. And no one has shaped my study of the word and the proclamation of the gospel more than Crawford has. When we came here to the cross 10 years ago, Mama Kay adopted me and my family as her own kids. And you know that Tara Chalmers is our girl. And the list goes on of so many people that I have such deep relational connectivity with. And all of the people that I mentioned are, they're, they're people that I love, but people that have darker skin than I do. Now, here's what I want you to hear. Jesus prayed again in John chapter 17. He prayed for unity and he prayed for oneness. He prayed that we would be one as he and the Father are one. God's truth and God's message of pursuing unity, even today, has become so distorted. And it's so obvious when it comes to the area of racial reconciliation. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He said years ago that the most segregated hour in America is on Sunday morning. And this breaks my heart. Why is the most segregated hour still in many parts of our land on Sunday morning? This should not be. And we at the Cross Loganville are seeking to promote unity with diversity, black, white, Hispanic, East Indian, you name it when you come in here, Puerto Ricans and people from the Bahamas and the, all over the world. And, and, and here's what Jesus said. Jesus said he would build his church, one church from every nation, from every tribe, from every tongue, one church. And as we've watched the news unfold, let me say this, behind every news story, and I say every story, we're seeing real people, people who are made in the image of God, people whose stories matter. Every person that we encounter, their story matters to God, and it should matter to us. But as a nation and as a culture, we have continued to witness injustice and violence in the form of racism. And we are living at a time when all people need to come together and condemn every form of hatred and to seek peace in Jesus' name. Racism is a sin. Racism is evil. And as my friend Crawford Loritz said, it is not enough to say that I'm not a racist. It's not enough. We must be anti-racism, totally against it. We should have the same hatred for racism that we do for adultery, for stealing, for murder, for all sin, because racism is evil. 
And these are dark and dangerous days that we find ourselves living in. And we are battling a huge spiritual issue in America today. Now, let me say this loud and clear, not to offend anyone, but I can tell you, I don't care who you voted for in the last election. I don't care whether you're Democrat or Republican. Here's what I will tell you. No matter where you land, racism is wrong and racism is sin. It has been said that nothing unites people together like a common enemy. And racism is an enemy that we must fight together. As a follower of Jesus Christ, it is time for us to stand up against injustice. When we refuse to condemn evil, it's as if we're condoning it. We can no longer sit on the sidelines and do nothing. We serve a God who delights in human dignity. We serve a God that has given worth to all humanity. Our identity is not rooted in our nationality. It's not rooted in our gender, our ethnic background, or even our politics. Our identity is rooted and established in the person of Jesus Christ. Brian Loritz, Crawford's son, Oh, he's written so many great things when it comes to reconciliation and the issues of injustice today. I would encourage you to read Brian, but he made this statement. He said, my Jesusness must trump my blackness. As much as I am an African-American, I am even more so a follower of Jesus Christ. And again, he says, my Jesusness must trump my blackness. Dr. Tony Evans said it this way, black is only beautiful when it is biblical. And I would echo the same message to you, that white is only beautiful when it is biblical, and my Jesusness must trump my whiteness. I cannot leverage at any level what color I am as, as an advantage or disadvantage. I must, I, I must stand and leverage who I am in Christ. And I can tell you, when you study the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus has no place for hatred, it has no place for bitterness, and it has no place whatsoever for unforgiveness. The God we serve is a forgiving God and a just God. The gospel does not allow for you and for me to be apathetic or passive when it comes to such an issue as racism. Coach Tony Dungy, one of my favorite coaches over the years, coached the Indianapolis Colts for many years, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Coach Dungy made this statement recently. He said, we have anger and bitterness winning over logic and reason. We have distrust and prejudice winning over love and respect. He goes on to say, what happened to George Floyd was unexcusable and it should have never happen. Justice needs to be served, but in seeking justice, we can't fall into the trap of prejudging every police officer we see. What started out as a peaceful protest has devolved into arson and looting, and that should never happen. Yes, 
there should be protests, but we do not have a license to perform criminal acts just because we're angry. And I said, yes, Coach Dungy, yes, because you and I both have people in our lives that are godly people in the space of law enforcement, and there's good people there, and we can't stereotype and label and disregard all authority just because there's been some bad cases. Bad cases need to be dealt with. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said it this way, violence as a way of achieving racial justice is both impractical and it's immoral. It is impractical because it is a descending spiral ending in the destruction for all. He said it is immoral because it seeks to humiliate the opponent rather than winning his understanding. It seeks to annihilate rather than to convert. And violence is immoral because it thrives on hatred rather than love. And you and I know that God is a God of love and God loves all people. And one of the hardest things for us to imagine and to totally get our minds wrapped around is this. Jesus Christ died for George Floyd, but he also died for the cop who inflicted his pain. Jesus died for the victim, and Jesus died for the violator. And as I've walked through life for 57 years, I can tell you, I cannot give up on my white, my black, my brown brothers and sisters in Christ because Jesus Christ has never given up on me. God calls us to love each other as he has loved us. He wants to redeem others just as he has redeemed us. The redemptive hope of the gospel is available to all. And I can tell you, disliking people because of their race or ethnic flavor, it is a sin problem. And it's unacceptable. As I said before, even over the last few weeks, it is so much easier to recognize the sin in others than it is to see the sin in ourselves. And yes, it is easy to recognize the evil in certain hate groups. And whether it be the Klan or the evil that we have witnessed with ISIS, I'm telling you right now, it is so hard for us to see the subtle forms of bigotry and prejudiced thinking that exist in ourselves at times. And I believe we all need to do some major work and allow the Holy Spirit to really search our hearts. The truth is, the blatant forms of racism that we can uh, see around us, if we're not careful, it can cause us to minimize the racism and the prejudices that we have inside of us. And if you're not careful, it's easy to get to the mindset of, of comparison, of saying, well, compared to, and you fill in the blank, oh, I'm not that bad. Any form of injustice, racism, hatred, and vileness must be dealt with through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we would all benefit right now from doing some deep soul searching and self-examination. You need to ask some questions that I've been asking over the last few days. Do I make judgments or assumptions of others based on skin color? 
Do I have strong friendships that include people that are different than me? Do I have any stereotypes or labels that I've put on other people? And then I would ask the question, am I actively involved in reconciliation? David prayed in Psalm 139. He said, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting life. Search me, God. Expose me. Examine me. And that would be the invitation that I would call you into. It was like, Lord, search me. Try my heart. Test my heart. Lord, expose anything vile and wicked inside of me. Because if we truly hope to see lasting change take place, and I'm talking about in our church and in our communities, it must start with us. Not just a reactive response to injustice. It must be redemptive. And even as we talked weeks ago, we need to practice tikkun Olam, the old Jewish phrase of bringing healing to the world. So wherever we go, our mindset should be, Lord, I desire to be an agent of change and bring healing to the world. Now, racial injustice is incompatible with the gospel. And I can tell you just by posting a few strong words on social media, it's not going to work and it's not enough. We need to confess, we need to forgive, we need to be peacemakers, we must be intentional every day of our lives. Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says, we must do justice, love mercy, and we should walk humbly before our God, which implies we must pray, we must extend the redemptive love of Jesus to all people, all people, please listen to me. When you start to dive into the deeper core of the argument of racism, it is an assault to the character of God. Racism assaults the character of God. It is twisted and it causes so many divisions. I've heard it said that your laundry is the only thing that should be separated by color, and I believe that. Racism is wrong, whether it's practiced, listen to me, by whites toward blacks, or by blacks toward Hispanics, or Hispanics toward Asians, whatever the combination might be, it's wrong. And it's like cancer. Racism has spread, and it has infected so many. And you'll hear people use statements like, well, we ain't like them, or they are different. And anytime we start to use words like them and they, they are words that divide. Again, Dr. Tony Evans strongly declared, racism is not a skin problem, it is a sin problem. And if you believe that racism is a skin problem, you will conclude that one color of dirt is superior to all other colors of dirt. And no matter what color you are, you were made from the dust of the ground. Dirt, we were made 
from dirt, and not one color of dirt can claim superiority over a different color of dirt. We were made by dirt by God in the image of God, and every person we meet is a triune being, both physical, with a body, with a soul, and a spirit. We are spiritual beings that have different colors of uniforms on. It is a grace issue, and it is not a race issue. And I can promise you, once we admit that, we can move toward healing. You are commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ to confront it in a Christ-like way. 1 John 2, 9, the one who says that he is in the light and yet hates his brother is still in darkness. And it is time to come out of the dark. I started reading stats and reports over the last few days, and racism still persists in America. The Denison Forum reports this, people with black-sounding names had to send out 50% more job applications than people with white-sounding names even to get a call back. Oh, it broke my heart when I read that. A black man is three times more likely to be searched at a traffic stop and six times more likely to go to jail than a white man. If a black person kills a white person, he or she is twice as likely to receive the death penalty as a white person who kills a black person. Blacks serve up to 20% more time in prison than whites for the same crime. It is a problem. And when I read these stats, they're sad, and they should break our hearts. But Jim Dennison, the founder of the Dennison Forum, he's a white man. He is a former pastor. He is a guy who is seeking truth. He is seeking to bring about reconciliation. And when I read this, it is so important to know that these stats were not reported by some minority dude with an agenda. It was reported by a guy who was trying to figure out what is really going on in America and how can we be a part of seeing reconciliation. Dennison also reported that 56% of white evangelicals believe that people of color are often put at a social disadvantage because of their race. 84% of black evangelicals believe that people, are uh, people of color are put at a disadvantage. A recent study showed that 81% of America's Protestant churches are composed of one racial group, and this is not okay. This, this, this is not okay. It's, it breaks my heart that we don't see more diversity. God is not a God of partiality. Jesus Christ died for all people. Jesus died for all people, red, yellow, black, white, brown, you name it. He died for all people. And racism, when you start to look at it again, we can't ignore the problem or run from it. It is an, an issue today. It's been an issue throughout human history. Even when the Bible was written, it was an issue. This issue has been around, but we've got to confront it. 
If you go back and look at the first century, even when Jesus walked the planet, and when Jesus was doing so much of his miracles and ministry, a common practice in that day was to assign different value to different races and ethnic groups. Foreigners were oftentimes employed as slaves to do labor, making it very difficult or almost impossible for them to live in freedom. And Jesus rebuked that kind of thinking. He rebuked that type of prejudice thought that was going on in his day. One of the major divisions, even in the church, was between the Jews and the Gentiles. And some of the Jews uh, that had become followers of the way of Christ, they were trying to force the Gentile believers to perform Jewish rituals and to keep Jewish rituals. And, and, and the, their argument was, y'all need to get circumcised like we are. Y'all need to stay away from the barbecue joint, man. You can't eat that. And these Jews argued that if you're going to really be a Christ follower, then you Gentiles, you need to follow all the Jewish religious activities. And rather than ignoring uh, this, discrim uh, this discrimination against the Gentiles, Paul addressed it head on. And Paul declared in Romans 10, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and he richly blesses all who call on him. I'm telling you right now, other people don't determine my value, and other people don't determine your value. God determines your value. And as you study scripture, he makes no distinction between the value of one race over another. God cares about people, period. Now, let me drive you to a few truths that I think are helpful. This Bible right here is filled with so much truth that we can apply when it comes to this area. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, read it. God does not show favoritism. He welcomes from every nation those who fear him and those who will do what is right. 1 Corinthians 12, listen to this. Some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves, and some of us are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. People that come to faith in Christ, no matter what your, your, your culture is, no matter what your nationality is, we are one in Jesus, and it's time for us to rally together. I mean, you think about, hey, man, I, I, I'm just praying that the Lord would come back. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Stop, stop. Do you know what heaven will be like? Revelation 7 says, I saw a great multitude that no one could number from every nation and all tribes and all peoples and all languages. They were standing before the throne. They were standing before the Lamb of God, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's worthy. And I read this, and I'm like, people, people from all over the world, people that look different, people that were lost, people that are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And Jesus made it possible for anyone to be included and the promises of God. Reconciliation 
is the heart of the gospel. The good news is that we have been reconciled. We have been brought near to God through faith in Christ. But the gospel also implies that we are brought near to people that are different than us. Charlie Dates made this statement. He said, the American theology that shows people how to get to heaven but does not teach them how to live with their neighbor on earth is in, it's inadequate and it's thoroughly unbiblical. And I would say, amen, amen. God calls us to restore relationships with people that we've mistreated. All of us, he calls us to restore relationships, and that's called reconciliation. He calls us to eliminate all prejudices. The Holy Spirit, once I start to walk with Jesus, God promises the paracletos is coming. He will give us the desire to restore relationships to be healthy. He leads us to seek to understand and appreciate other people that have been made in the image of God. God is a reconciling God. The gospel at its core is a message of reconciliation. It's God bringing peace, and it's God bringing healing. God is in us, working in us and through us, reconciling the world. We are to present Jesus to the nations, not an agenda, not a color, not a denomination. We are to present Jesus Christ to the nations, and we have the opportunity to share how the life-changing message of the gospel creates a vibrant relationship between us and God, and how it can create healthy relationships with people, no matter who they are. Now, here in closing, I believe are just some simple ways that we can bring about healing. We can bring about tikkun olam to our world. One, I would tell you this refuse to ignore this topic. Don't sit back and go, well, it, it, it's not in my neighborhood or it's not messing with my family. Refuse to ignore this topic. This topic has to be addressed and looked at thoroughly. I would also encourage you, speak with openness and talk freely with people of different color. I don't know the pain and the heartache of some of my brothers. I come out of the baseball background, and I can tell you this. As a kid that loved the game of baseball, once I started playing and I started reading the documentaries of Jackie Robinson and the harshness and the hate that came to him because he broke the color barrier in baseball, it broke my heart. The things that Hank Aaron went through broke my heart. I would encourage you, find some relationships. Sit around with people that have different uh, ethnic backgrounds, people that are of different color than you, and get into the conversation and seek to understand their heart. Yes, there's a lot of pain inside of all of us. I would also encourage you, go deeper in communication. When you sit around and you start to get into their story, I, I've looked at this. The levels of communication vary. I mean, you've got the cliche level, a surface interaction. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? There's no touch there. And then you move to a place of facts. There's little emotion. Hey, what's your name? Where do you work? Just 
facts. Then, then, then people start to go deeper with opinion. And that's, that's where you start to feel some freedom to express your thoughts. That's a good place to be. Hey, man, what are your, what are your opinions and thoughts in this area? But when people start to express their feelings, which is number four, a great level, they're, they're starting to feel freedom to share their heart, and it's going to lead them to number five. And this is where we want to get in communication. We want to get to the place of transparency where there's comfort and trust. And when you're able to sit around with people that are not like you and people whose stories matter, who have been made in the image of God, if you can get to that place of feeling and transparency, it will change your world. And I've had so many of these dialogues with so many people over the years. And, and, and I'm telling you, it's so healthy. And, and I would encourage you with this. Uh, pray for peace. Pray for peace. God, we want peace, but you've got to be an active participant in pursuing peace and reconciling. Ask the Lord to help you. Offer forgiveness. There's people that are hurting. I'm so sorry that you're hurting. I'm so sorry that this uh, situation in Minneapolis uh, just rearouses so much heartache, uh, even, even in generational pain for you. I'm so sorry. Seek to understand. Seek to love. Uh, speak the truth in love with compassion. Uh, serve one another, period. Build healthy relationships. Have somebody that doesn't look like you and speak like you. Have them into your house. Oh, man, share with me. Let's, let's just sit down and break bread. I, I, I'm telling you, the book, same kind of different as me, it's such an impactful read, but every person I meet is the same kind of different as me. Be committed to see transformation. Offer healing. And, and I would encourage you, just pray, Jesus, help me. Help me love others as you've loved me. I want to be a light in this world. I want to be a light in a world, Father, that just seems so dark at times. In Jesus' name, Father, give me compassion for people, period. Lord, shatter any strongholds and chains, Lord, that I have right now, keeping me locked up when it comes to uh, prejudices or any type of racism inside of me. I pray that you would shatter it. Yes, shatter it, Jesus. And Lord, I do pray for healing in our nation. Lord, whether it be Minneapolis, whether it be Atlanta, whether it be D.C., New York, Lord, seeing the brother that was shot in Oakland broke my heart. An African-American brother who was a cop, 53 years old, good-looking, good-looking brother. Somebody just drove by and just randomly started shooting. And Lord, we're living at a time Lord, where there's a lack of respect for authority, and I realize some in authority have misused their authority, but the majority of my friends and brothers in law enforcement, they're doing that job because they want to protect people and care about people. Lord, I lift up my brothers in that space today. I couldn't imagine being a cop right now. I couldn't imagine. So, Lord, there's so many pieces going on. Lord, I can't imagine what the family of George Floyd is going through, and there's a list of other names that they've seen their loved ones, Lord, violently treated with injustice. I, I don't 
I don't know what all that feels like, but I know I hurt for those people. So, Lord, I pray that you would give us compassion and that you would bring us together, that the cross Loganville would be a place, Father, where healing can take place in Jesus' name. Lord, a place where the racial walls have dropped through the shed blood of Jesus and we come together as one filled by the Holy Spirit. Father, we need you, and we need a, mir a miraculous work in this nation and in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.